0: Going on, everybody, and welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast. Your fantasy football, sports betting, and NASCAR home. Obviously, NASCAR is done for the year. Congratulations to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Chase Elliott, a guy that we backed a, a ton um during the restart. Uh, hopefully, we'll get back to that say February. Uh, but Brian, we have a lot to get into. Uh, we have Masters uh golf, which if you checked out the preview. Uh, with me and Bobby Adcock, we had a, we had a ton of fun. That is still up. You can still find potentially some, some value numbers, uh, on some guys that we were really excited about, but we are talking about one thing and one thing only it is week 10. It is NFL time. Uh, Brian, there's a recording this prior to my Tennessee Titans, uh, taking the field versus the Indianapolis Colts. Um, we kind of mentioned before, uh, that, we were, we expect the Titans to win and to cover. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm excited to, to watch that, watch that playoff, but play out. Uh, but how are you? And uh, are you ready for, for another round of, of amazing, entertaining, fun football?
1: Yeah, dude, I am. I'm excited for week 10. As we get closer and closer to um, fantasy football playoffs, you know, the maneuvering in fantasy is getting more, more like dire and then in terms of betting like I think these are the weeks where you can start to make the most money because you've got a, a good idea of who the teams are when they are entering particular matchups and such and that's one of the reasons why we you're leading off with saying we like Tennessee at home on a Thursday night in a spot where traditionally the visiting teams suck so I think that's that's kind of where we are
0: in terms of this season weird COVID year and I'm ready to to dive in uh and we'll dive into week 10 well we got to obviously as we always do three games we run through we do our best of the rest um uh, we'll do our college football minute that may or may not be a minute long but before we dive into any of that let's talk week nine recaps um and, and kind of go over uh an interesting weekend i guess um i am as 500 as it could be 28, 28 and 2 <laughs> uh so to my best bet so my best bet is my worst bet and you should be fading me uh and then going with Brian who is six and two on his best bets uh, only because 30.
1: we didn't we didn't give our best bets last week because we were right idiots. right
0: yes we're because we're idiots and we were like okay but before we bet jump into our best bet we did talk about our card though um mixed bag for me uh the Ravens was one of my favorites but probably was my best bet um they ended up covering. It was a little grosser of a game than I expected. Uh, we both love New Orleans. Uh, I was an idiot and didn't bet them because that number <laughs> moved so much and it scared me off. But um, we both love New Orleans and they covered with ease. Uh, my Panthers covered with ease. Um, Washington shot themselves in the foot. Kyle Allen lost his foot. Um, Alex Smith threw to linebackers over and over again and almost still almost covered um the Steelers first half the more the week went along the more I got scared and if you checked it out Sunday morning that game went exactly to the script that I played out you said bet the Cowboys in the first half I said bet the Steelers live Brian what did we do uh in the middle of that game I I think we both did the same thing what do we do
1: oh man we went extremely heavy on uh Steelers like yeah I got I got Steelers I think minus two and a half or something. And yep. that's, that's where you make money, man. You watch the game, you look at the trends, you see the way that they're going, and you're going to bet the better team.
0: Yep, yep. And it was ugly, it was gross, but they covered by three, um, and we appreciated that. Um, for you, lot, lots of L's there in your, in yes. your college. <laughs> uh, but you you know what? you you Your you're, uh, you're Boise State and BYU total, which started the week, was winner. And you were New Orleans uh, minus four and a half or plus four and a half was a winner. So you book ended all your garbage with two wins. So that's, you know, got a nice taste to start the week. Got out of there not wanting to, uh, you know, shoot yourself in the foot. (laughs) Um, So, you know, can't complain too much. You've been riding hot. I'm sure we'll get back on track this week. Um, As I mentioned, we got three games we want to jump into. Let's start with Las Vegas versus the Denver Broncos. I think a game that. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, I think. Um, Obviously, living out here on the West Coast, I tend to get a lot of Raiders. Obviously, I don't get as many now that they're um, a Vegas team instead of um, an Oakland team. But uh, where is that line? Okay, so we're sitting at Raiders minus four, minus four and a half. Uh, Where's your head out with this one? So this
1: game, um, I... I've been a big fan. We talked about this last week, too, when we were talking about the Broncos, how I I picked them money line in in Atlanta. And, you know, in that game in the fourth quarter when Denver was down by 21, I thought they had the Falcons just where they wanted them, and they were going to make a a comeback. And we saw them get within the touchdown and have a chance to get the ball back late in that game. But that being said, um, this game I'm leaning the side total. I like this game to hit the over and hit the over pretty convincingly. The over under right now is sitting right around 50 and Denver in four of their last five games, the total has gone over 59 in the Raiders minus their one horrible weather game in Cleveland. Their games are averaging 64 points a game. So for this total to be set so low, I don't know if Vegas knows something that we don't, but Denver's defense has not been playing well, and the Raiders' offense has been playing pretty damn good, meaning that Denver's going to be playing from behind, leading into the Drew Locke that we've seen the past couple weeks, who, yes, he's making mistakes, but Jerry Judy's running all over the place, Noah Fant is healthy, he's getting lots of points. And the Raiders are still going to take those big shots. So for me, I like the total in this more so than the line as this being a divisional game. I think it could be closer than what the experts think.
0: Yeah. So, uh, for, for me, I'm all over Vegas in this one. I think the Raiders are just a better team. And we saw that last week. Um, who'd they beat last week? Uh, Chargers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, And I think they're going to do it again in division, um, an interesting note on those, uh, those that that over Brian. Uh, since Drew Locke returned in Week Six, they played 16 quarters, 14 of them. Denver has scored a total of 50 points, which is 3.5 points per quarter. Uh, in the past two fourth quarters, they've scored 42 <laughs> points, uh, 21 points per quarter.
1: So basically what we want is the Raiders to be leading big.
0: Correct. And then yeah. boom,
1: boom, boom, boom. Yes, lots of boys Yes, yes. Day.
0: I would be a little nervous about it. Um, and honestly, maybe it's something where you look to bet it live. You go, you go. maybe the Raiders are up 21 to 3 at the half. You can look at the total. It's sitting at like a, a crisp 44, 45. You take the over at that point wait for the Broncos to do their thing in the fourth quarter and smash the over and, and get a better number that, that will be my suggestion because that currently at 50, I don't love it. And actually, you know, in, in kind of where my head goes next is okay. I bet the under on the full game and then I'd bet it live over and I try and get a middle um, and, and see if I can't take advantage of, of both sides. But I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Obviously a ton of fantasy relevant options, interested to see i might look at some touchdown props maybe a jerry judy maybe a tim patrick maybe henry ruggs uh could have some fun there uh let's keep it moving let's keep it pushing and let's head to the desert and talk about those arizona cardinals which i told you miami you were you tied told in that it, game um and and i thought they you know they're coming to the desert i know it's going to be weird but I'm always uh, dubious of teams that are coming in riding high against a team that seemingly a lot. You know, it, it, there's just a lot of you could kind of piece together, make the narrative in your head. Now we flip the script. Buffalo welcomed Seattle and and beat them solidly at home. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, you know, arguably one of the two or three best teams in all of the NFL, at least on offense. Their defense has question marks, but. They've done what they needed to do to get wins. Uh, Arizona still remains at home coming off that ugly loss to Miami. Should we be going to the Cardinals in this spot?
1: (sighs) Dude, it, honestly I think that Buffalo is the more well-rounded team even with their deficiencies on defense right now um I know Tredavious white is practicing back at fully so is he seemed to have kind of you know gotten rid of that injury bug that's been plaguing him the past few weeks and Arizona like you like you said um credit to Miami dude like they I like them coming into the year as one of the best, like up and coming teams with all their talent and the way Brian Flores is coaching. But to a tongue of adds a different dynamic to the offense with his escapability in the pocket and his lack of gunslinging mentality made, you know, with him not forcing balls into windows that are tighter than where the ball can actually fit, which is what Fitzpatrick likes to do. Now, um, Arizona, it, Their defense was coming in riding pretty high, being able to get pressure on the quarterback and limit teams' abilities from moving the ball to a certain degree. And Miami was able to kind of exploit that. And I think that Buffalo's offense right now is just on a different level, especially than than a Miami team that they just got beaten by. And with the Bills' ability to to run the ball with both Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, I really like the Bills in this spot on the road in the desert to maybe upset the Cardinals and – Arizona lose their second consecutive game.
0: I like Arizona a lot, especially if you can get it under three. (laughs) I think, I think if it's, if it's three or more, I'm probably just going to avoid it. Um, I, I, I like Buffalo a lot. I like what Josh Allen's doing. And obviously for my MVP bet, want him to keep rolling and playing really, really well. Uh, I just, I worry about the spot. I worry about, you know, coming in off that high, traveling to the desert, that the Arizona figures it out under, under three points. If a week ago we had made this line, I think it's Arizona minus three and a half, maybe minus four. So getting that extra point, point and a half, I think it is worthwhile for me, um, and and it's going to make my card. I I, I just wrote it down. Uh, well, I will pop- probably be
1: be leaning the over in this matchup as well. Yeah. It's currently set at 56 and a half. And both of these teams are averaging, you know, right around 28, 29 points a game this year. And those are in, you know, it, those are also in games where they were winning handily. So if yeah. th- this is a game where both offenses are probably going to be able to move the ball pretty efficiently. And, you know, they're going to be going up and down the field. So I do think that this game creeps into the 60s. And if you can get it right now before it starts to go up to the 58 and a half, you know, 59 number. Yeah. I think that's a good
0: bet right now. Yeah, if you can get it around 57, I would want to monitor the practice reports and see what who's on playing for on both sides for their defense because that that will make a big difference. Uh let's shift our focus. Let's talk about those Miami Dolphins who are uh taking on the Los Angeles Chargers returning high on a big win. We got Tua, we got Justin Herbert, we got potential, you know, rookies battling for for supremacy. Um the Chargers I thought they did it last week. <laughs> they threw a touchdown at the end. They're the Chargers. Uh they've been doing this over and over. Eventually they have to get one of these wins, right?
1: I mean, it's you would think that with how much talent they have on the offensive side of the ball, with you know, it, last week, the issue was whether or not Keenan Allen was going to play. He wound up playing. He just had some sort of sore throat going on, and they still look like out of the Keenan Allen ball. Justin Herbert looks like the steal of the draft, even at the sixth pick in the yeah. draft. Like, he, he's looking like potentially the best quarterback in this class right now. Um, you know, but their defense has just zero ability to stop teams when they need it. And the Chargers just seemingly have every way in the book patented on how to lose games and when you look on the other side of the ball this Miami Dolphins team they're winning these close games they're winning these games that they're probably not supposed to win like last week uh, against Arizona you know like a couple weeks ago against the Rams and this is another spot for them but but like you said eventually it's going to turn around in the favor of the Chargers and I do think that the Chargers are able to with withstand the tua wave here down there in socal and i think the chargers do walk away with a win and this is another game that i like this to be a sneaky over with the chargers continuously just you know lighting up the scoreboard even against the dolphins defense that has shown to be pretty good
0: yeah yeah i i think i think this is another spot game i think i think the chargers finally get their win i think this is a getting uh, i think i i would just take the chargers money line have them hit it and, and call it a day. I think their defense should be good. I think Joey Bosa is expected to play in this game, which is a big get back. Um, and you know, I, I think the dolphins are definitely trending in the right direction, but, uh, I don't, I don't think they get, they get this one. Uh, let's run through a couple more. There's, there's a bunch of interesting games. Uh, Tampa Carolina, I think is one we both wanted to talk about. The Panthers return home after covering against the Chiefs. Uh, now they welcome Tom Brady and company, who just got destroyed on Monday on Sunday Night Football. And uh, we know they're going to be pissed. And the the and you can get it at Tampa Bay minus six, minus five and a half, if you find the right books. Uh, where's your head at for this one?
1: Man, uh, it, it, this one's really hard because we did come into this game. We were talking on Monday about the waiver wire show about. Uh, Curtis Samuel being one of our favorite waiver ads as he was he's he's totally underowned right now seeing you know multiple targets rushing attempts all that stuff with Carolina's offense the way that they run that is very similar to the way New Orleans likes to run those quick passing you know which we saw Tampa Bay have a lot of issues with and trying to disca- or you know figure out and to t- today with the news breaking that Carlton Davis Tampa Bay's standout cornerback missed practice with a knee issue. That is an injury to monitor here because if he's unable to go, you're looking at Tampa Bay going with their nickel corner, starting on the outside against either Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore with then having Curtis Samuel go against some, some bum out there. And with Carolina's ability to get the ball out quick and limit, limit the pressure put on Teddy Bridgewater. If they can, if they can get this, keep this game close early I think this is a surprising spot where Tampa Bay might be upset again. But that said, I can't pick against Tom Brady coming off of such an embarrassing loss. And I do think this is a spot where Tom Brady throws the ball for three over three fifty. He's going to throw for four touchdowns. You're going to see a B Chris Godwin and Gronk all dancing in the end zone with Mike Evans crying on the sideline for targets. Still, but yeah, I, I like Tampa in this spot. It is a game that I would, I'm going to monitor in the live, in the live betting just to see where it, where it is early on. But I like Tampa to cover the spread.
0: Yeah. I like Tampa a lot. I think Ronald Jones has a big game here. I think they run all over Carolina, Carolina, allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. I think Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette have a field day. I think that helps open up the passing game. I think that helps the defense play better. And I think, I think Tampa Bay rolls here. I think they cover the, the touchdown plus, um, the game that interests me a lot is the one that, uh, is new Orleans. Uh, hosting the 49ers the, new orleans is a nine and a half or ten point favorite depending on where you look obviously have, getting michael thomas back seems to make a world of difference from them. but nick mullins and company are rolling into the the mercedes-benz superdome and they're barely double digit underdogs that screams hey hey joe public come bet Come bet New Orleans and watch the Niners cover. I'm taking the Niners, uh, <laughs> Niners plus nine and a half. I that does not make sense. If you can get the ten, and I I think you'll be, you might even be able to get a better number than that by Sunday. But as of recording, nine and a half is pretty much the standard across the board. Um, and one, I a number I will be taking even with Nick Mullins, even without Jimmy G, even without George Kittle. I, I think they can do enough muddy this game up. I think their defense is actually okay. It's their all, obviously their offense is down star power, but on the defensive side of the ball, they're, they're not that bad. And I think it's an ugly, gross game. I think they, I think they lose by between, you know, three and six or seven points and, and cover the nine and a half with ease.
1: And I'm on the complete other side of the spectrum with this game. I think this is another one of those new Orleans saints at home, even without fans, they're just able to kind of control this game from the from the start. Create a lot of a lot of pressure on Nick Mullins. Uh, Debo is unlikely to play against, so you're going to see Brandon
0: Ayuk and
1: I don't know who else on the outside. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, Kendrick
0: Bourne isn't playing. I don't think
1: there's going to be uh, Ross Dwelly, Jordan Ross Reed Dwelley,
0: Jordan Reed, and uh, Michael Hasty. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I. I, I do think this is a get this is a get right spot for Michael Thomas as well as as last week was his first game back. I do think you see Michael Thomas kind of get back to that seven to eight reception level here. So if he's in your fantasy if he's on your fantasy team, you're you're gonna be happy with the results this week. But I'm gonna take the Saints laying the nine and a half right now. Once it gets into that ten range, that's a lot more tricky, but I'd probably still lay the ten, just hoping for at least a push. But I'm gonna take the Saints at nine and a half.
0: Which home team do you trust more? New England at home getting seven points against Baltimore, or the Bears at home getting two and a half, three against Minnesota?
1: <laughs> Probably the Bears, just because we've seen Kirk Cousins have it, like really bad games it like yeah. it, if they're unable to run the ball and chicago's right. if chicago forces this game to be on kurt kirk cousins arm i think chicago has a better chance of covering than watching new england who's probably going to be without Stephon gilmore again try to defend against baltimore's ridiculous running game and um lamar jackson running all over the field and the guy who i said you could potentially drop marquise brown taking the top off the defense so I, I I trust Chicago more in this spot
0: yeah Chicago is very interesting to me uh the last two games with Dalvin cook the, the Vikings look like a playoff team again which is very strange um Dalvin Cooks look great the defense has figured stuff out um but yeah I think I I, I don't I don't trust the Bears like they're just but they they do enough to make this game gross and I could even see this game being like 2120 Vikings. And and the Bears somehow cover the two and a half. Now, uh, uh, real
1: quick though, I did see so David Montgomery's in concussion protocol currently. So yeah. if he misses, it's going to be Cordell Patterson playing. Well, I, I don't and, know
0: that that's much different than what
1: we saw last week. <laughs> hey, that's messed up. And also, Allen Robinson popped up on the injury report today yeah. with a knee issue. So I mean, that's definitely something to monitor because if they're without their their you know superstar wide receiver, I think I would probably avoid the bears at home
0: yeah and i really want to like be excited about darnell mooney who's looked great but like nick Foles is bad he's just not he good looks horrible <laughs> he's just he looks bad. Good. like i don't i don't understand uh to be honest like from from a pure spots perspective i think both these home teams are incredibly interesting um i i like taking the home dog in prime time um and i feel like I feel like New England has the mo- the widest ranges of outcomes where it's either New England can keep it close and be a field goal game either way because you know we haven't really even as good as Baltimore looked last week and they played like garbage for four quarters and was and the Marlin Humphrey interception I don't know how that call it got called a pick as someone <laughs> who backed Baltimore I was really yeah, happy was... to have it happen but he didn't catch the ball he bounced out of his hands and fell and hit and all of a sudden it's interception going the other way. I don't know. Uh New England, I can't trust them. They just went they just went they really ugly game against the Jets. So I think New England is is, is the pick here. Um right. I, don't, I know it's gross. I know you don't want to do it, but I I'm, I'm going to take the Patriots plus that full 7.
1: I I I really don't doubt why people would do that just knowing the way Belichick is able to coach games up and, you know, take away the the strengths of mm-hmm. The opposing team, especially going up against Lamar Jackson, like Belichick's going be to be able—he's going to devise a plan to keep him in the pocket as much as possible and force him to beat them with his arm, which is what we saw Tennessee do last year.
0: Yeah. Uh. So Big Ben's in COVID protocol. There's like a seven, six and a half, seven, seven and a half, depending where you look. Have to see how that plays out. Baker's also potentially. In- he,
1: I I think he got, he got, he got uh, cleared? Taken off of it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cause it's three and a half. I was, I was thinking they were saying that the difference with him, him and Keenum isn't that much different. And to be honest, <laughs> it might not be. It might uh, not be. And the, and Nick Chubb is, is he officially back this week?
1: So I don't think they've actually activated him off okay. IR, but he's practicing in full
0: with no knee brace also. Okay. So uh, I love Cleveland here with Nick Chubb back. I think they run all yep. over Houston and win very, very comfortably. Uh, the game that I want to talk about, though, that I think is incredibly interesting, uh, the Rams are at home hosting the Seahawks after that blowout loss, uh, and the Rams are the favorite. What what am I missing?
1: Dude, it, it, we, we talked about how, how weird 2020 was going to be, and this is a game where the Seattle Seahawks, who were the, the favorite to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl just two weeks ago, who are now coming off a you know an obliterating loss to the Buffalo Bills. They're a dog on the road to an LA team who is coming off of, you know, a couple of porous performances, losing to Miami, like their Cooper Cup is kinda of banged up. And to see the Rams as the favorite, I think is just speaking to how bad Seattle's defense is and how good they were expecting the Rams defense to play against this Seahawks offense. Now for me, I'm going to trust Russell Wilson in this game and I'm going to be on the side of the Seahawks still, especially playing down there in LA. I can't I cannot tr- for the life of me trust Jared Goff. Yet as as highly I think of him this week in terms of fantasy and in real football world, I just don't see him winning a game where it's a shootout against a Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't either. I think it'll be a fun game. I think it'll be good for fantasy production, but uh, I can't. I can't trust Jared Goff. Right <laughs> no. Uh, any other games you want to talk about before we hit our college football minute, which may or may not be a minute long?
1: Uh, I think you hit on I think one of my favorite spots this week is the Browns, like you said, at home, laying the three and a half. And this is has nothing to do with the quarterbacks of either of the teams, but this has everything to do with the return of Nick Chubb something we've we've hit on before and this Browns running offense has kind of hit hit the skids over the last couple weeks minus Chubb and with Chubb coming back this just adds a different element to that running game which will then open it up for Kareem Hunt who was averaging over like six yards a carry with Chubb on the you know, active. And since Chubb was gone, he's averaging less than four. So I think this just kind of spreads out the wealth of the, of the Browns offense. And there's a, they're expecting extremely high winds in the mid to upper 20 mile per hour range in this game with some rain. So this could be another Raiders Browns game and a team with a better running game. And the fact that Houston's probably going to be without David Johnson, this yeah. definitely lends towards a Browns like dominating performance on the ground.
0: Yeah, if it was in Houston and like Duke Johnson could be in for the, you know, like a flare screen play and we'll yep. down her down the end zone. But yeah, I think it's going to be a gross game. I think Nick Chubb runs all over him. I, I love Cleveland. Uh, let's shift our focus. Let's do the college football minute. Um, interesting slate of games. I want to say thank you to uh, Ma- Maryland for deciding to take the week off due to COVID. <laughs> And my Titans were playing Thursday, so I can enjoy every minute of the Masters on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, I will obviously watch football all weekend long. I have four screens in my office. I can go up to six. I get it done. Uh, But the slate isn't eye-popping, and I'm very happy about that. Um, What are you looking at from a college point of view that you may be looking to back this week?
1: So yeah, like you said, this is a pretty weak slate, and you know it's kind of expected when you get those just all conference games, and you know you start to see the upper conference guys play against their their crappy opponents in conference. But you know I got I got three games that I'm looking at this week. So my first one is I, I like Marshall team total over 38 and a half points going up against Middle Tennessee State who. The Raiders are allowing 37 points per game. Marshall's scoring 37 points per game. And I do think that Marshall is looking to creep up into the conversation of those group of five teams that could potentially get a New Year's Year's Day Bowl. And the only way they do that is by racking up those points scored. And I do think we see them just absolutely light up the scoreboard this week. My second game is kind of a surprise, but I'm going to go with Arkansas getting 17 points at florida i know the gators are coming off of a pretty decisive win at home against georgia down in the cocktail the world's largest cocktail party but arkansas is going in there with felipe franks former gators quarterback possible revenge game here arkansas is going to be minus their head coach because of covid something to kind of rally the troops see them come back here this is more of like a hunch for me i Florida hasn't exactly been blowing the doors off of people in their victories, like averaging somewhere like 15 and 17 points in their games that they've won this year. In Arkansas, they're not very good, but I'm just kind of – I'm going with the Felipe Franks and the head coach kind of thing hunch here. And then my other game is I'm expecting a a ton of points in Wake Forest and North Carolina as both of these teams are averaging 34 or more points a game. The over-under right now is 66.5. North Carolina is averaging over 41 a game. So I do think that this game is going to be – it's going to reach that total somewhere in the third quarter, and we see this getting, like, almost closer to the 80s.
0: Uh, I like that call because I don't – I like North Carolina offense. I don't – and I worry about the spot. Uh, Mac Brown is great about beating his rivals. He knows how to do that. He sets up to do that, and he makes a point of doing it. Duke, (laughs) you know, uh, North Carolina State, Wake Forest – Boom! Um, score a ton of points. I love the Arkansas call, and I, in fact, will probably be betting real dollars on that game um, because I think that's a perfect spot coming off of a huge win. Um, I know I liked Georgia last week; that didn't go very well. <laughs> Georgia's just—they're just not—they're just, not, just not there. Like they're, they're just a
1: name brand right there. They're, they're,
0: but... they're, They're—they're very much like the Mark Drick teams with Aaron Murray or Hudson Mason or any of those where they're solid. They're not great, but they're not terrible. They're definitely not a new year six team. Um, trust them as far as I can throw them. I like West Virginia a lot. Um, I uh, think this is an interesting spot against TCU. I think they're um, a, a pretty solid team. Obviously that game against Texas, you know, kind of threw everybody off the scent just a little bit. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I really want to get down on. Uh, What is the – let me hold on one sec while I pull up the totals. Um, The Miami-Virginia Tech. So that was another game that I was kind of eyeing because
1: Miami is currently a two, two two-and-a-half point dog on the road in Virginia Tech. But Uh let's not forget that Blacksburg is is traditionally one of the – the hardest pl- venues to play at but this is not a night game where they're going to be able to play enter sandman and the entire crowd is jumping up and down and the stadium is having an earthquake register you know they're this limited to no fans in this game and miami is coming in as the ranked team
0: yeah i mean they're still not very good but offensively, both these teams can put up a ton of points. We saw last week, Liberty and Virginia Tech, I went 38, 35, something like that. I ended up hitting the over, even though it didn't look like it in the fourth quarter. Uh, this game opened at 62 and a half. It's up to 65, 66 and mm-hmm. a half. Um, at 67 and a half, I, I have a hard time jumping in, but I think the over is the, the right here. I think 70 points get scored. So I'm taking Miami Vatech over um i'm taking arkansas what was arkansas uh plus what? Sev- 17 plus 17 um let me see if there's anything else i want to get in on yeah you took the you took the unc over right 66 yeah
1: 66 and a half i believe it's yep,
0: set up yep right now yep yep i like i like that call quite a bit um what about your boys, uh, Michigan? Uh, I ain't touching them, man.
1: <laughs> Their pass defense is it, it's non-existent.
0: Uh, I'm taking Boston College plus 13. Plus 13. Oh, uh, I love that play. A- against Notre Dame. They they're n- Notre Dame is coming in off of beating Clemson, and they're going to be riding the highest of highs. Uh, half the students that rush the field have COVID <laughs> now. So that that is a spot uh, I'm picking that uh, BC plus 13. Um I might BC is also not the BC of
1: your grandfather's no, past they're, where they're, they're scoring actually, 5 points a game. They're putting up some points this year.
0: Yeah, Adazio has got his boys in, in the right spot and I might be be patient with that one. I think you can get a uh you can probably get you might be able to get two touchdowns by by kickoff. So Yep. Uh, let
1: everybody else
0: ride the the stupid notre dame mm -hmm. hype yep 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 i don't think they're i think they're they struggle in games like this okay uh so let's before we're gonna remember this time we got to remember brian our best bet for week 10 has to come out after we recap but before (laughs) we do that what's on your card this week
1: all right, so let's begin with the college lines I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go here in Marshall team total over 38 and a half I like the over in Wake Forest in North Carolina over 66 and a half and I'm taking the pigs the razorbacks plus Ooh. 17 at Florida for my college for, for my college ticket and then in the NFL I'm gonna go hard and heavy on Denver at Las Vegas over 50 and a half. I really like the Seahawks money line here at plus money in LA at plus one hundred five, plus one ten right now. I love that. I'm gonna take the Chargers money line at plus money right now. We'll just say it's we'll just say it's even money right now. And I'm gonna take the Browns minus three and a half at home against the Houston Texans. And I then like where- oh my my last one. And this is going to be my best bet. The Green Bay Packers team total over 32 and a half hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars who are probably the worst team in the NFL right now and have been able to score points. And they should do that this week with Jair Alexander now hurting. So Jacksonville is going to be able to score, meaning that Green Bay is going to have to score. And the Green Bay Packers in all, in five of six of their wins, they've scored 34 or more points. So. How, I'll how,
0: take the under. 31, give
1: me the Packers' 13. best bet, 32 and a half points.
0: Over 32 30. and a half points. Uh, from the college perspective, West Virginia minus three. The Hurricanes, vatech over 67 and a half. I'm riding with you on Arkansas, plus 17. BC, plus 13. On the NFL side, I'm going with the Browns, minus three and a half. I'm going Seattle, plus one and a half taking new england plus seven i'm taking the niners plus nine and a half i'm taking the buck minus six and my best bet is those arizona cardinals minus two and a half and i would love 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 a three-team money line parlay featuring the arizona cardinals the seattle seahawks and i just Where what was the other? I had I had it in my head before I started talking. And the Browns, probably the Browns. Let's throw the Browns in there. Sure, Th- those three money line make it happen. All right, all right,
1: okay. Just just for argument's sake, so that way we do this on here. I'm gonna go to the other side of that of that Cardinals pick, and this will be our head to head this week. Mm. Give me the Bills money line on the road, and I'm gonna parlay Buffalo, Seattle, and L.A. Chargers all underdogs on the the on the road for these teams the road jug jesse james lives again okay now i'm taking parlaying all three of those games and i'll i'll tweet out what the what the uh what the juice is on that parlay with all three of those being being uh you know getting even money or more yeah so that i'm gonna i'm gonna do
0: that okay so uh, official my best bet is arizona minus two and a half what is your best bet Green Bay team total over 32 and a half points. Okay. Uh, if you've made it this long, we appreciate you checking <laughs> us out. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Check out all of our other fantasy content. I have two golf bets for you this weekend. Uh, two, you know, round one is obviously in the books pretty much. Um, so I'm going to give you two golfers that I'm going to be targeting. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is, was my favorite coming in. He was seven, seven and a half to win. He is now 14 most places. If you can get 14 or better, I would definitely look at that. Um, and I think if you can get Bubba Watson at 30 something or above, like 33, 35 or better, I think I would take a, uh, take a gamble on that as well. Um, a lot of the other numbers are moving and they're inside 20. And like Matthew Wolf was a guy I like coming in. His numbers move too much. Uh, But I think both those guys offer a ton of upside at their current number. Even I think John Rahm, honestly, at 14 or or better um, could make a ton of sense as well. Um, Round one is in the books, not round four. There's still three whole days. And, um, you know, I expect Bryson to take this golf course part, obviously, uh, Bubba's looking for his third masters, third green jacket. And I don't even hate Brooks Koepka. Honestly, if you get a a decent number, um, he's playing like garbage on, on round one. Um, but had a really nice Saturday, Sunday at the Houston open. I think it it should be in a, a good spot. So, if those are some names that, if you want to get involved and have a reason to watch my favorite golf tournament all year long, even though it's supposed to be in April, not November, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, ESPN Plus gets you all the screens. So get into that. You can probably get a free preview if you have never done that. With all that being said, make sure you check out fakepigskin.com throughout the weekend for Brian's article. The Stardom has sit We'll be live Sunday morning, helping you get set uh, for the. Uh, for your week 10 lineups. Uh, the season's flying by, whether we're ready for it or not. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's been hopping in, who's been bringing in those questions, who's been uh, joining the conversation. We love talking with everybody. Uh, we'll talk betting. We'll talk fantasy. We'll talk all that stuff. Help get you set to to win, to make the playoffs, and to win your fantasy championship. But for Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert. And we'll talk to you guys next